I believe that all scripture is inspired, but there are some scriptures that take you right into the throne room of God and, and reveal who God is. And such a passage is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs, and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a, a stumbling block to Jews, and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Let me repeat that. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. I've told this story before, but for me it is, is such a telling story. The little boy who went to Bible school, he'd never ever been to church. He, he, He'd never been around a Bible. His family was not religious. And he shows up one Sunday with a friend at, at Sunday school. Goes through the lesson and comes home. And he's greeted by his mother. And his mother says, what was it that, uh, that you learned today in church? And he says, uh, ah, story about some guy named Moses. And the, the, the people of Israel, and, and yeah. And she says, well, well tell me the story. And, 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 and he says, well, it was just amazing. The, the, the Israeli army was in full retreat, and, and the Egyptian army was coming up behind them. And, and their planes, they were, they were shooting at the... At, at, at the Israelis, and, and their, their, their tanks were firing shells at them, and, and they got to the Red Sea, and, and they built a pontoon bridge, and they went across the, the, the Red Sea, and, and, and then the Egyptians, their artillery and their tanks got stuck in, in, in the mud, and... and and they got away. My mother is sitting there absolutely just appalled. 
And she says, that's what they taught you in church? And he said, oh, no, but you'd never believe what they told me. (laughs) For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And we make a mistake when we try to make it intelligent. It's the foolishness of God that that is where the power is. And this book, this book is about God's foolishness from start to finish. The whole Bible is the story of God's foolishness. Well, and of course it begins long before the story of Moses, doesn't it? Uh, for, For Israel... It begins with a a wandering nomad named Abraham. Like a a nomad that never knew where he was going. He just knew he was supposed to be going. So he got himself going. A foolish nomad who was told, you'll be the father of many nations. Your, Your offspring will be as numerous as the stars in the heavens, as the sand on the seashore. A wandering nomad who hit the age of 100 and his wife 90. And that child, no child, had been born to the two of them. And the word came, Sarah is going to be pregnant. What a laugh. What a laugh. 90-year-old women don't get pregnant. But the last laugh is always on him. And the child was named Isaac, which in Hebrew means he laughs. God is ready to fool with you. And the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And the Bible is the story of people who were not afraid to be fools. I think of a teenage shepherd boy who showed up at a battlefield, a battlefield that was a battle for grown men. And a homicidal giant, a homicidal invincible giant taunting taunting all the men and I think of this fool kid who didn't know that he didn't have a chance a fool kid who who said I'll fight that giant I'll fight him and I think of the comic moments when they, they tried to put a man's armor on him and the, the kid is buried in the armor and it just looks funny. And then out he went and he fought that giant. The kid was a fool. But God's kind of fool. And later when that... That same kid failed when he, when he murdered, when he committed adultery. God never 
forgot the boy. Never abandoned him. Never abandoned him through all sorts of tough stuff and bad stuff. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. But of course, December is the month of complete foolishness. Tis the season to be foolish. Tra-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. An all-powerful God becomes a human baby. Okay, surely you're fooling with me. I, I look up at the, at the stars, and, and, and we now know, and it's only in the last hundred years that we have come to know, that we are in uh, the middle of a galaxy with a hundred billion stars, a galaxy that is a hundred thousand light years across, a galaxy that is only one galaxy within at least a hundred billion galaxies. What kind of power? What kind of power are we talking here? That that power would become a human baby? Oh, tis the season of foolishness. And that, well, if he was going to be born, okay, that's a big one. He should have been born in a palace. He should have been born to royalty. He should have lain on silk sheets. He would never have been born in a barn. He would never have been laid in a feed trough. He would have, have been in a place of perfumed smells and gentle breezes. He wouldn't have been in a barn with animal smells and manure and urine. Oh, and he should have been born to a princess. But no. Born to a teenage girl. And she, uh, through the Holy Spirit... Through the Holy Spirit. All this is through the Holy Spirit. Don't you understand? That she, through the Holy Spirit, becomes pregnant. Wow. That would be a lot of explaining to do, wouldn't it? Like, if, if you were the girl, wouldn't you be thinking, wow, how am I going to explain this? And all through this child's life, doubt was cast on his paternity. At one particular point where he's preaching in the temple courts, he, he, he says, you are not children of Abraham, you're children of the devil. And the crowd comes back to him and says, we are not illegitimate children. This God of ours, he doesn't do it the easy way. He doesn't do it the easy way. And Mary, what does she say? Is she like thinking about the, 
the, the explanation she's going to come up with? No, she says this. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but he's lifted up the humble. It's true, isn't it? All through, all through Scripture, he lifts up the humble. All through Scripture, it's, it's the underdog. He has filled the hungry with good things. He's sent the rich away empty. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. And, and those who are willing to be fools for God will be lifted up and will know him. Jesus' birth is the greatest story of the foolishness of God. You think that God should have, okay, if he's going to be born, let's at least have him be born in Rome or, or in Ephesus or, 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 or Jerusalem or, or Alexandria, like somewhere, you know, somewhere important. But he's born in Bethlehem. Little, tiny little village. It doesn't rate as a town. You know, I, I, I mean, if we're going to be anachronistic, like they didn't have more than one stoplight in town. You know, this is, and whatever you may believe about who Jesus was, you have to admit, whether you're a believer or an atheist, that this life was the most influential life in the history of the world. There's no argument there. There can be no argument there. It's as if he were born in Muleshoe, Texas. Now, if you're from Muleshoe, please don't get on to me. I have nothing against Muleshoe. But, but I'm just saying, if you've got a guy that changes the lives, not of millions of people, but of billions of people, and it was foretold that it would be from your little town, that's a pretty amazing thing, isn't it? And what's, what's he doing here? It's all so ordinary. And like what, well... I look around this crowd, I look at myself. We're ordinary. And he's saying, hey, all of you ordinary people, I'm with you. I'm one of you. I, I don't run with kings. I'm with you, you guys. 
You know, it's, it's December, and it's, we're celebrating uh, Advent, we're, we're, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. But even at the birth, the shadow of the cross falls over the manger. It does. You know, the, the, the birth is the greatest story, I think, of the foolishness of God. But Jesus' death is the greatest story of the weakness of God. Now, here's, here's a, a thought, like, and, and we're going right into the throne room of God now to see who he is. Who are you really? Well, you're all powerful. We can see that. You're all knowing. I mean, you are omnipotent. But God has a weakness. God has a weakness. Now, that's a thought. And you know what the weakness is? The weakness is you. You are his weakness. He loves you dearly. And if you love someone dearly, then it comes at a cost. You can't love someone dearly and it not come at a cost. When you love someone dearly, you make yourself vulnerable to them. When you love someone dearly, you get with them. You can't love someone from a million miles away. You, you can't love someone from the other side of the, the galaxy. The only way that you can love someone is up close and personal. The only way that you can love someone is to share the hurt, to, to touch one another, to feel together with one another. to hurt and that's God's weakness and that's his power and that's our power and it's big folks it's big it's bigger than the Milky Way galaxy and it is more amazing than what we look at, what we look at when we look at the stars, it's more amazing than that. He knows you, and he has a weakness for you. You need to know that power. You need to know that. There's so much in the Bible to know about. Knowing about is really overrated. You can know about and you can intellectualize all day long and not get to the reality. And, and, and Paul warns against that. He says, you know, it's all well and good. You need to know this foolishness. You need to know God's power. 
You know, the greatest experience of this is when you get to experience this in your own life. Now, I look at my own life. You know, you get older, you really look back on it, and you try to see the fingerprints, and you try to make sense of it. And, and you know, and all along I've been doing that. But I look back on it now, and I, I, I think, how did, how did I end up where I am? How did you end up where you are? There are so many ifs. There's so many could-have-beens. Like, nothing in life is certain. There are choices that are made. And we end up where we are. And I look back on my life, my family coming to the Lord. Like, we were a, a secular family. Like, if you'd asked us, we would have said, well, yeah, I believe in God, and, you know, I believe in, in Jesus. Doesn't everybody? And then, through a series of unlikely events, we become Christians, and, and within three years, my dad is training to be a missionary, and, and then we're, we're off to Africa. I look at myself being a preacher. You know, it, it would be really nice if I could stand here before you and tell you, oh, yes, I had this lifelong sense of calling, and, and, and I, I walked the walk into where I am. You know, I stumbled into where I am. Now, I said this in the first service. You know, if you'd known me when I was 19, you know, thank the Lord you didn't know me when I was 19. Like, you would never want me to, to preach here. You'd be thinking, who is this guy? I was, oh, gosh. Oh, you know, I, I tried every major under the sun. I was, like, going to be this. I was going to be that. And, and I, I, I was a bit of a wise guy. And I, I, I remember, like, one time I, I preached a Sunday night. You can do that on the mission field, if you know what I mean. It, and a very charitable member of the congregation, a sweet lady, was encouraging. And she said, Ross... Would, do you think you'd like to be a preacher one day? Now, my, my dad was a missionary, and all, I always respected my dad, and I always respected what he, what, he was, what he was doing. But I remember, like, just coming back at her and said, uh, only if there isn't anything else I can do. The last job that I want is to be a preacher. And here I am. Here I am. And I look at it like the doors were, clo uh, were closed. Other doors were opened. Like in spite of me, I ended up going through doors that I wouldn't have consciously picked for myself. And I think, you know, one thing about me, like if you know me at all, I, you know, if I were to sum up 
how I am, I would say I'm interested in everything and nothing else. All sorts of things interest me. I, I, I just love interesting things. And, 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 but interesting things are interesting things that will give me insight into who I am and you know, how the world works and, and you know, I, I love that stuff. And it's just, just really in the last few years that I have come to realize that he is everything. And that I've never had a thought that was worth having that wasn't connected to him. And, and, and that every thought that's worth having, every, every love song that was ever sung, it finds its source in him. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. From beginning to end, this book is the story of, of God's Holy Spirit working in people's lives. It's, it's, it's the story of, of people who are willing to be foolish. And, and I, I have come to, to realize that the gospel is a matter of power. You can have a form of godliness, we're told in the New Testament, you have but deny the power, that there is power. That there is power from the creation of the world and power through all of these stories of the Holy Spirit moving. And, and, and that power leads to the pregnancy of Mary. And that, that power raises Jesus from the dead. And that power on the day of Pentecost is poured out on, on God's people. And while everybody's trying to make sense of it, Peter gets up and talks about Jesus and, and says, look, Get baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. That this, this Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is for us and in us and that we, we have this power. If I asked you to tell your stories, what stories we would have in this room, I am sure. If I asked you to tell me the foolishness of God in your life and how that has played itself out, I'm sure we could, we could talk well into the evening and, and into the wee small hours of the morning. And what about the weakness of God? the ultimate truth of the universe, that the all-powerful God is vulnerable to us because he loves us and he hurts for us and he adores us and we have all his love. We don't earn his love. We don't start out with a little bit of love and like we end up, it's like, well, you've done well now. We start out with the love of God poured out on us. And where our human abilities end, he takes off. In, in your adversity, in your failure, 
when you know you just can't go it alone. His power. His love. You don't find God in clever plans and human effort. You find God when you take him seriously. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Will you repeat that with me? The foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. It's comfort, isn't it, to our foolish hearts? So where's your foolish heart right now? Do you know him? Do you want to know him better? Do you need him right now in your foolishness? If you haven't given your life to Jesus, we, we, we offer the invitation to get baptized so that your sins will be washed away and so that you'll receive the Holy Spirit. You're here this morning and struggling with some foolishness. Would you let us pray over you? Would, would you let us pray his Holy Spirit upon you? Whatever your spiritual need, give it to him while we stand and while we sing.